There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble Mailbag. Big spending, the Ewing Theory, and stars at the theatre of the orders of the day. It's Saturday, 27th of Jan. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Eddie Brassel. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the mailbag. It's a super Saturday here at the Football Ramble, and I hope it is where you are as well. I mean, it must be Saturday. What a day. Unless you're a shift worker or you work in the shop or whatever and you're gutted about being at work. If that's the case, mm. listen to this. Put a little cheeky earphone in while you're stacking the shelves or whatever it is you're doing. Little Jose Mourinho earpiece. Yeah, exactly. No one will stop you. No one. No nice. one will stop you. And if they do, send them our way. Hmm. And if they're a Patreon subscriber, we'll talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're really hard, we won't. Nah, um, definitely not. We'll send uh, Jim after them. We will, as we do. Um, now, if you want to get involved with the mailbag, of course, you can tweet us on X at Football Ramble. Message us on Instagram at Football Ramble. And of course, you can email us shirtfootballramble.com. If you're old school. We've got more characters. There's a generation coming along that probably won't want to do email anymore, but we're sticking at it doggedly. Well, they're very welcome here as well. Yeah, you can always transmit your questions directly into our minds as well. That's true, actually. These days you can do that, Andy. Yeah. You've been talking to Matt Letizia again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on that, Andy, someone has just done that. Favourite Fulham goals? <laughs> um, yeah. no, the first question is from Rachel on email. And Rachel says, this January transfer window has been so much 
quieter than the last. With the financial charges in mind and talk of Newcastle and Chelsea having to sell to avoid the same fate, are we about to enter a new era of restraint from Premier League clubs after the post-COVID trolley dash? Or will order be resumed in the summer when Bowley drops a hundred big ones or a hundred million boys, we could also say, yeah. Rachel, uh, for Victor Ossiman on the 1st of June. So the context is that um, in January 2023 last year, spend was um, a record 815 million in the Premier League, which is staggering if yeah. you think about that. It was 295 million in January 2022, but there's only been 48 million spent this January. That could all change, of course, but that's what we're dealing yes. with uh, right now. Yeah, I think it is an interesting situation, and I thank Rachel for the question. Um, we're still in the middle of the transfer window, technically, though. I mean, I know Saturday, twenty seventh of January, is four or five days left. The transfer window closes on the first of February. For those listening who weren't aware of that, um, and last season seems to me like a bit of an outlier. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because it's the Todd Bowley Chelsea window, really. I mean, yes, he's he, he and Chelsea are taking account, you know, taking. Um, taking responsibility for a huge amount of that. You know, it's, it, I think it's something like up over and above a third of the total sum. So mm -hmm. that is an outlier, I think. The average spend across the last nine January trans transfer windows is about 200 million. Mm. Um, which I guess, you know, as as, um, as some people have pointed out, you know, that's, that's kind of 10 million pound a club, you know, in January, fine. There are kind of a lot of interesting other factors, though, that... I think may sort of do feel a bit like a game changer because, for example, if between now and the February February the first, Ivan Tony goes yeah. for quite a lot of money, could go for like 50, 60 million really feasibly. Mm -hmm. If he wants his way, he will go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he let's make it absolutely clear he's working every minute of every day <laughs> to try and make that happen. <laughs> and so one other um, move, it becomes roughly commensurate with what it was say three seasons ago in January. But 815 million is But that's an outlier. Right? That's an outlier. I think I think that's just an outlier and, and and maybe we don't we don't see that kind of stuff happen again. The only the only senior first team player a Premier League club has paid a fee for this month is Rodri Dragasin who's gone to Spurs. Mm -hmm. So that is quite interesting. And that's because it was globally speaking a bargain. Right. Yeah. And that's all built up to to the main point I wanted to make which was I wonder, and I'm going to answer this in the form of another question back to you guys, which is profit and sustainability rules appear to have come into play an awful lot in the last nine months or so. It seems to be talked about an awful lot. Everton, not just Everton and Nottingham Forest, but every kind of recent headline mm -hmm. around a transfer or a potential transfer now seems to be that there's a profit and sustainability rule, a PSR element to it. Yeah. I actually had a little cursory look before we came in today to see if, who, which clubs have been mentioned. Within about five minutes, I could find headlines around transfers around that talked about PSR with Man United, Newcastle, Aston Villa and Fulham. Mm. Right, I know for a fact as well, because we discussed it a week or two ago, Palace are super wary of it as well. Mm. Crystal Palace are trying to make sure they don't fall foul of it because it's obviously absolutely catastrophic for these these small teams. So it could be that we haven't got to the end of the transfer window yet. It could be that these things ebb and flow or it could be that PSR is actually really starting to bite and really having an effect and it may well have a few more teeth than people expect. I don't know what you think, Andy. Well, I think PSR is now my second favourite football acronym after AVB. Pugmol. Uh, Pugmol. No, AVB will always be the greatest. Come In on, this studio, on. it's Pugmol, isn't it, Marcus? Yeah, it is Pugmol. Always Pugmol. What about KDB? Yeah. 
Apparently, Arsenal have written a letter to Pugma about why they haven't signed more players. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute whipping boys. <laughs> if you didn't do that decision, we wouldn't have needed to sign more right, players. That's it, that's but, it. but what do you think about my my, on, my last point about PSR? Well, I think already something has changed, even if this only turns out to be transient, because we've reached a point where Premier League clubs are actually considering the importance of value for money. Mm. That that has not really been a thing before. Certainly for not not for a lot of clubs. I think the way that Newcastle United have approached things since day one of the Saudi era is quite interesting because there was always the perception that they've got an unlimited amount of money. Mm. They're going to do what they want. And they have always run the club on the basis of we can't do what whatever we want. And I think this really reflects not Newcastle, well, I think it reflects the, the, the global climate. The fact that you can't go on like Chelsea. Maybe Chelsea has been the little wake-up call mm-hmm. and the way that they've behaved in the Bowley era has become the, the, the little wake-up call for, for everyone. Because I think what we're finding more and more, and this has always been an issue in the Premier League, or it's been an issue in the Premier League for what, over 15 years, is clearing deck is, is, is really difficult. Now, they've been really helped out with the expansion of the Saudi Pro League. Because can you imagine the shit, the financial shit that Chelsea would be in, and to a lesser extent Newcastle and other clubs, if they hadn't been able to sell these unsellable players Mm -hmm. to a destination that actually wasn't available to them if you go back even a year. So you've got to realise that the rules that they're working to, these are rules that are voted in by the clubs. Mm. So it is, to a degree, a Premier League, even if the Premier League clubs feel that, you know, they're being hurt by it. These are all rules that they voted for. So it is self-regulation to a certain extent. And I think when you get to a point like, say, Victor Gjokar, as formerly of Coventry, has been linked to going to Chelsea this this summer. We all know, uh, this winter, they, we all know they're looking for a, for, for a, a big-time striker. Whether he's it, I think, is a different question. But the fact that he left Coventry for 20 mil in the summer and Chelsea offer like four times as much for him and Sporting go, well, if you offer us five times as much as him, <laughs> like, that will hit his release clause. Yeah. But that, that, is, that is ridiculous. You know, th- 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 there has to be a point there where clubs look around and go, actually, this, this is unsustainable. Especially... If it doesn't work, you know, I, th- I think there's 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 a limited amount for any, anyone. I, I would still expect, say, Victor Ozzyman, as in Rachel's question, to come to the, the 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 Premier League in the summer. But I think the question is is not just what does this do to the Premier League, but if this were to continue, or if Premier League clubs were to be at least more sensible going forward, I don't expect it to be like this January. Because the thing is, what is unsustainable is spending like Premier League clubs have done in January. They have the money to spend, not exactly what they like, but generous amounts in in the summer. But of course, you're always going to be over a barrel in January because it's January. I think the problem is, if we get to summer, the problem for the European game, in, in a sense, if we get to the summer and it's still quite slow, is the fact that it stops French club spending because they don't get a load of collateral from the Premier League to do that. Maybe it stops... Portuguese club spending. So it's not something that exists just in an English market. It's almost like the housing market then. It's like a big housing chain. Yes, exactly. Uh, can, I, can I chuck something else into the mix? This is a bit of a wicked whisper and it's just a theory. Uh, it's not a wicked whisper actually because it, it did happen. But the theory, <laughs> the theory is that 
Is the Everton points deduction Mm -hmm. a game changer here? Has that moved the dial for clubs who are roughly the same profile at the moment as Everton? We're not immune to our own rules. Because maybe it's yeah. only the third time in Premier League history a points deduction has happened. One was Portsmouth, we all know. One was Middlesbrough before that yeah. in, in the kind of mid-late 90s. No. There's not a huge precedent in the Premier League mm-hmm. under their own self-regulation to actually points deduct mm-hmm. one of their own. It's normally mm-hmm. been fines. Mm-hmm. It's normally been other kind of stuff that they can perhaps creatively navigate. Mm-hmm. I don't think, if we are going to kind of read into this and kind of really drill down to Rachel's question and say, well, one hand this and on the other hand that, that's fine. I just wonder whether it isn't a coincidence that actually the first transfer window since that's happened, mm-hmm. clubs are starting to go, mm, yeah, I think I'm so. not sure because th- that does meaningfully there is media, fuck us. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the numbers speak for themselves. There is also media perception as well in that, that, that when that happens, you know, the, the, the clubs are... It's not, you know, after Everton had deducted 10 points, suddenly clubs start thinking, you know, a bit more um, intelligently or wisely about about transfers and and where they spend their money. They'll have had to have do that if they've been doing it well. They'll have had to have done that for a good few years now because you're not fined by the January the, the the window that's just passed it's it's no but if if you know yeah. if you know that kind of technically speaking mm-hmm. they could give you a points deduction but in reality that never happens in other words they'll it, take a fine they'll be like okay yeah it just becomes a creative accounting yeah, issue yeah, maybe because think, because the financial benefits of being in the premier league are so high yeah. you just take the chance so my point is that yes there's clearly a numbers thing here with regards to less money being spent but I think also there's more media attention on it as well. So I think in the fans' minds, it's more at the forefront of your mind. So as it's well. perception becoming reality. I think so. Yeah, is 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 a much yeah. better was a, and succinct way of, of putting it. But do, do, Jan, but do January signs actually do an awful lot anyway? I mean, it's not a hugely successful, generally speaking, anyway. Well, that's, I think that's, if you could say that the Chelsea point that you made is is an important one. I think because if you think what does Chelsea have to go in the rest of this season? You know, if you're normal Chelsea like Chelsea that are challenging for trophies, you think, okay... Normal maybe... Chelsea? I haven't seen them for a while. <laughs> no, I'm not even sure what that means. Yeah, right. Maybe maybe there's this one signing that pushes us closer to winning the Premier League, or maybe there's this one mm-hmm. signing that pushes us closer to being a true Champions League contender. If they went out and got their 100 million striker, how much did it really move the needle for them? Well, now, I, d- I don't think that much. In summer, when, mm, you're, so when, that's you're, when you're restarting a project, different. So I think Chelsea... You have to look on the last couple of years. They hugely affect the market and how they behave hugely affects the market. But I think the other thing is talking about your point about perception being reality in terms of the Everton shock. I think what is clear from the way that Everton and Nottingham Forest in particular mm. have, have, have been up before the beak is the fact that the Premier League clubs are only just starting to work out what these rules actually mean for them. I think there's 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 a lack of understanding. So you're right to be careful while you work out what 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 it actually means and what the implications are. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. You've got the next question, yeah, Mr. Brassel. Yeah, I, I do. It's from Sam on X. What was X formerly known as? Twitter. Facebook. Right, thank you. Uh, it will be, in the, it will be known as that once my again. Space. Mark my words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sam says, I've seen a few Ewing theory takes, and there's one on Spurs and Harry Kane this season. So the Ewing theory is basically when you've got a star athlete that receives all the concentration and media attention, but never really quite gets his team to, to win anything. And when they leave the team and the team does better than you expect them to do without that. Yeah, not necessarily better, but but better than we better expect. Better than them. you expect, yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, Sam says, I've seen a few Ewing Theory takes, and there's uh, one on Spurs and Harry Kane this season. I disagree with that one, but do you think that there are any potential Ewings around at the moment? Bruno Fernandes is one for me. Or if you agree with the Kane-Ewing theory, oh, it's been expanded. Oh, Patrick mm. Ewing's not on his own anymore. Should Southgate try it as well? <laughs> no, is the answer to that last bit. <laughs> <I> Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, just uh, guys, I've, um, I've got this theory that's been um, put forward by an American sports journalist. <laughs> And I think as a result, I'm not going to pick Harry Kane for the yeah, Euro squad this that's summer. Right, that's right. <laughs> no, look. We'll bring it back Andy Carroll. I definitely think... So first of all, the U- I would just add about the Euring theory there is that mm-hmm. it's essentially got its roots in basketball where there's five players on the pitch per team, yeah. or the, on the court, sorry, per team. The impact is probably quite more, a lot more outsized than it would be mm-hmm. for, yeah. for, a, for, a, for a football team. That's just something I wanted to add. But I, I do definitely think there's something to be said for the modern way of lionising and elevating individual players within football mm-hmm. and the effect it can have on what is a, obviously a team sport. So the amount of media attention Ronaldo and Messi have got mm-hmm. means that I think it probably 
can be to the detriment of, of, of their team sometimes. I think Inter Miami would be better without Messi. No, I don't. Okay. No. All right. Does that answer your question clearly enough? That does. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Um, I'd be a terrible politician, me, wouldn't I? Um, but, but Not for those reasons. Having, <laughs> how long have you got? <laughs> having said that, I don't know if, if this theory applies to football that much. I think there's some evidence both for it and against it. I think, you know, Messi... You know, at Barcelona, they win everything. He wins four Ballon d'Or. So he is clearly taking a lot. You know, he is still a standout player. Yeah. But um, Messi continued to win things at Barcelona after Guardiola left as well. I think there's a lot of circumstances to why Barcelona are in the state they're in now. And it's not because Messi's left, right? Is that fair? Well, it's because of how much they were paying him. Right, okay, fine. So, so maybe that's a fact. I don't know. But, but, mm. but Harry Kane's an interesting one at Spurs because they do look good without him, but of course they look brilliant with him in places. They've got all the way to the Champions League final. With I mean, the manager's It's a small changed. sample size. Yeah, the, yeah, it's too early to say and there's been a big manager change as well. Mm-hmm. I just think a lot of the time with these kind of theories, Marcus, you've hit on it there, there are loads of different factors at play. Mm-hmm. And, in, and, in, and in, in sport in this country, I'm not an expert on NBA basketball or college basketball or whatever, but in this country, for example... Coaches and managers turn over so quickly. Mm. There's not really any consistency anyway. So I don't really know how you can keep a control on the experiment and actually fully say definitively one with one the other. I don't think football is as prone to it as maybe some people do. Yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, the, the, the one player who over the years people have said, actually, if he's out of the team, are they a bit better? Is Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, I think the trophies would suggest not, but there is... There has been... Um... You can say it's changed to that. You can say it wasn't always that, but now it's that. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's unreasonable to say. Was that the case now, that when, when Ronaldo was at Real Madrid? Yeah, so it was Real Madrid go. and then, obviously, Juventus, but with more... Were, they ever, were those two teams ever better without him? That's the question. Juventus, yes. Real Madrid, absolutely no. Right. Yeah. And I think you're dealing more with Pete Ronaldo at, yeah. at Real Madrid. That's the point. What about it? Al Nasser? But I think... <laughs> <laughs> would Al Nasser do better without him? I, I think... The thing with Cristiano Ronaldo in particular, though, I'm not sure that really applies to Ewing theory because Ewing theory refers to the sporting benefits of something or the sporting importance of something, yeah. doesn't it? Where Or someone. Whereas with Cristiano Ronaldo, I think you've got a right to ask yourself, did Juventus ever sign him for sporting reasons? I mean, yeah. they, they, they didn't sign him. Of course, they sold it as, this is the guy that's going to push us over the top to to win the Champions League. But actually, they spent that money to put them on another level in social media terms. which and other markets an, as well. Yeah, which has an effect on how much they can get in for advertising. So, you know, in terms of... But they of, did buy him for his quality as well. Let's not be silly here. Yeah, but they spent an extraordinary amount of money for it. They spent more than they should have spent on a player of that age. Mm even if he is one of the greatest players in the in the history of the game. And it turned out to be a, a really quite poor sporting decision. I, I mean, football of the year twice in Serie A when he was there. So I'm just, I'm just saying that. I'm but duty bound to say that. You, you, maybe, maybe you are. But I think individual awards, what effect do they have on, on team performance, really? I mean, two league titles, and you could say, well, come on. But I'm just, I, I'm, again, I'm just saying that because I don't want you to get the comments. Andy, why are you being so out of order to Marcus? Well... <laughs> And my Cristiano as yeah, well. Yeah, I think that's, that's the main thing. Isn't it, it? it is one for you then. I, the one way of interpreting it is the idea that players will always look to that player. That, uh, right. And so, and so when that player goes, mm-hmm. they're forced to not do that. And I think England probably have gone so long 
the England national team lionising individual players, whether it's mm. Rooney or Owen or Beckham or now Kane or whoever, mm. that they do get they do fall into that trap. And it would be an interesting thought experiment to understand whether they could play more as a unit without that kind of stuff happening. But another one I'd point you to, and this is another example probably of it of it not actually being the case, when I thought it would be, although it is early to say, one that stood out for me was Wilfred Zaha at Palace. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think the, so. The, the kind of showpiece attacking player at Crystal Palace, play, talismanic, everyone would look to him. It was an interesting situation though because they had these other exciting young attacking players mm-hmm. who were kind of a similar stripe. But that's, that's, that, that's a really good one. They could have done yeah. their thing. But... Perhaps for other reasons, again, because football, I think Premier League football could be so complicated and there can be so many different factors. He's left. Crystal Palace aren't really doing much. But look at Grealish at Villa. You know, um, Another good one. Because, you know, obviously they just survived relegation and then, and, cruises and, then, and then blah, 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 blah. He then would eventually go to Manchester City for a lot of money. But of course, they then spend that money. And then, they, and then we have Gerard coming up very well. And then... Yeah, it's it's so much stuff kind of happens, really. That where is the cutoff point? Yeah, I mean, I I agree, and I think the likelihood of Villa spending that money as wisely as they have Mm. is actually quite small. Yeah, even though they've 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 done it quite well, because I I think you could definitely envisage a situation. Spurs with Bale. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's the one, isn't it? Mm. You could definitely have envisaged Villa doing that, but part of that, as you say, is the change at the top, is the coaching change. All which takes a while, things. obviously. I mean, from which, Grealish which are not to, connected to that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's the thing. There's yeah. no connection. So perhaps what, a, a big example on the international stage would be Denmark in 1992. Mm. Michael Aldrup's mm. not there. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, because I, I thought about this and I thought, where, Norway, Denmark. It was Norway, Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They actually did okay in qualifying. I mean, they didn't qualify, but all things considered, you know, very Can good. Can you do okay in qualifying and not qualify? Well, in context, yes. <laughs> because. Um, not if you're Denmark, though, hmm. surely. Well, I mean, okay, so they had a good side in the 80s, but they were on the wane come 92. I suppose Mark is right because actually they were the next best team. And that's why they're and in Yuga- there. And Yugoslavia were top of that group. Yeah. And you yeah, remember yeah. that Yugoslavia yeah, side yeah. were very, very good. Had, had obviously, the, the, the awful stuff not happened, you know, they may well have gone on to really do something in that tournament. But anyway, blah, 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 blah. Um, Laudrup leaves because he has a falling out with the manager because he's saying, I'm, I'm being asked to do defensive work. Yeah. You know, he was king of the acrobats <laughs> at Barcelona and then would be at yeah. Real Madrid. I, I think Michael Laudrup's a funny player. He's kind of got lost a little bit in, in footballing history because yeah. he was one of the best talents of his generation. Yeah. Played for Barca. and I mean, he used to have a banner out at Barcelona saying, enjoy Michael Laudrup. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, utterly incredible status yeah. he had. But they, they galvanised themselves without Laudrup, well, right? and, and Brian Laudrup also, who was only about 21 at the time, left the side as well saying, uh, the, the manager is not quite this is not working with him in the side PS my brother told me to do it exactly yeah (laughs) he's five years older than me Um, but Brian Laudrup would come back and so on and then kind of became one of the stars of of the team as would a young Peter Schmeichel and so on Mm. would they have become that if Michael Laudrup was in the side gives everyone more room to express themselves but also in that system which is what the manager's doing he's playing a system which Michael Laudrup doesn't like but if Laudrup goes and the manager's saying right we all need to be solid defensively and all that kind of stuff and do the unglamorous stuff they're going to go all right. I'd love to have been present on that phone call and the manager calls up Michael Laudrup. Little trophy in the background. Do you still want to come on the bus? You can still come on the bus if you want. You did play three yeah. games in qualifying. We need a driver. <laughs> I mean, it's it, that is sensational for a side who... Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. Who, who, yeah. And, I, and I, don't th- I just don't think that... Um, 
there's a lot of translation between NBA. No. And, and I think I think to be fair to Bill Simmons, he talked about it a lot with college basketball as well. Mm-hmm. There's not a huge amount of difference. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not a huge amount of similarities, I meant to say, between that and Premier League. Well, he made, he made a lot of NFL comparisons and there are more players involved there, aren't there? Sorry. Yeah. Possibly. But I think it was yeah. a good question from Sam and an interesting really one to explore and it got us thinking. I, I do. I, I definitely think there's a, there's an element where... Give Sam a bit of credit. I, I, listen, Sam, wherever you are... He's on X. Um, listen... <laughs> It's the Wild West out there on X at the moment, so you keep yourself safe, mate. You always have friends here at the Ramble after that question because it was sensational. Come and hide in the mailbag. Susan Perb. Although if you take Sam off X, would it unexpectedly get better? It might do. Yeah. It might do. Still send your questions in though because we'd love to hear from you. Um, An email here from Liam who is rapidly becoming the Ramble's uh, theatre correspondent after being in touch in a previous mailbag about sitting next to Ange Postacoglu. Uh, yeah, a play. I mean, there's a lot of competition to be our theatre correspondent. Oh, yeah, it's very inundated. The type right? of company we yeah. keep. Yeah, we need to do an email address just for that. <laughs> uh, he says, Gentlemen, last night I went to the Back to the Future musical in London's West End mm. and found myself sitting next to everyone's favourite no nonsense defender and wind up merchant, Martin Keown. Oh. I was surprised to see the scourge of Rude Van Nistelrooy, a bright, glossy musical. <laughs> I'd have put him down as more of a tragedian myself, <laughs> but assumed he must have been interested enough to come along. Alas, no. Martin, who I spotted deep in conversation with Great British Bake Off judge Prue Leith before the show, uh, there's a combination, yeah. <laughs> started texting at one point during the first half. Terribly poor form oh. from Martin. Still, the big fella did get to his feet for the curtain call, so perhaps things picked up a bit in the second half for him, or he was nourished by the comically large tube of crisps he bought at the interval. <laughs> After spotting Big Ange at the crowd at Kenneth Brunner's King Lear, is the football world taking its cues from the stage? You'd hope so. Um, I like that um, Martin Keogh. I mean, I can. I love that Ange has gone to see Kenneth Branagh's King Lear. Yeah, I'll be say this as politely as I can. There's nothing in Kenneth Branagh's <laughs> interpretation of Shakespeare's King Lear for Martin Keogh. <laughs> he is getting none of that, or any of us. None of it's coming through. <laughs> none of it is coming through to you, him. You know, you know how you get options when you buy tickets. You know, maybe you know you could get an aisle seat or mm. whatever. Is Liam getting one where can I sit next to quite a gruff man? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I suspect that Liam might be there for professional reasons himself. He seems to go to the theatre an awful lot. He seems okay. to. Okay. What so, about Martin Keown then? If he's not there for enjoyment, it's not professional reasons. He's not thinking, I think I could play the part there. Don't you, don't you think he has got quite Shakespearean delivery on Talksport? I do. Well, he talks really slowly. Yeah, that's right. I've, done, I've, I've been, I've sat at a, uh, and listened to an half of dinner speech from Martin Keown. And Any it was, good? Uh, no, it's dreadful. <laughs> so boring. Is he making me making such good things sound so boring? Like what? what, what, what I suppose he's talking about like the, the Invincibles. People... It's just so crap. Yeah, you think? Is it like um, he's thinking? Okay, uh, he, he starts off a paragraph. So Dennis Burkamp, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's like someone saying, yeah. "Okay, then, yeah. uh, you know, wonderful. Okay, great. This is the uh, techno version." Oh, no, come I don't on, want it. <laughs> but I was working <laughs> with Ray Parler at the time. Lovely. He, and he, he can make a trip to the shop sound interesting. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think there's probably Ray's got to be doing after dinner speaking. If he's, oh, if you're not Ray, no you doubt. will clean up there. Ray Ray Parler's doing after dinner speaking. Yeah. At the local pub to people who are having dinner and not getting paid for it. Well, exactly. So he's definitely doing it his pay gigs as well. I mean, if you if you're about to get married, get Ray Parler as your best man for whatever reason because the speech you'll deliver, it won't be. He probably won't do anything about you, but he'll just be able to do it well. Do you know? Last time I saw Ray Parler, it was outside a venue where a Christmas party was happening that mm. I had been in attendance as well Ooh. and I was standing outside waiting for my Uber and I got a tap on the shoulder turned around and it was Ray Parler he, he'd enjoyed himself yes. he'd had a lovely night did he recognise you? He went, well we're a bit the same thing you look at Luke off the football round no, he, he, went, he went do you know where my hotel is? <laughs> <laughs> no Ray of course not I'm getting a cab home I live in London yeah. how do I know where you're staying no worries 
Well, <laughs> try and ask someone else. <laughs> Good on him. Love it. So look, I hope Ray goes to the theatre. I can see him. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I'm surprised that Liam hasn't been in touch about all the people he's seen at Dear England, which is a fantastic play yes. about Southgate's England um, England uh, journey. I uh-huh. would recommend that to anyone. It's actually super. Right? Had me in tears, that did. Did it really? Yeah. That bad. And that was um, just the price. Yeah. Well, I think uh, you, you could see Ray having a little Jaeger bomb. Oh, big time. You can see Ray having a anywhere. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. were, speaking of that, um, George Sexton Kerr is a friend of mine who used to produce over there. He had an idea where he... <laughs> this is good. Come I can't believe I told you this before. <laughs> George found out that the oldest living Arsenal fan yeah. was 100. Right. was about to celebrate her 100th birthday in mm. her care home. Uh-huh. And they wanted to go down there and do a bit. So, she, so George oh, no. took Ray down there. Class. Right, and on the social media accounts, rock... Ray did a, did a Jaeger bomb <laughs> and, and got her to down a cup of tea. It's <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. He can't help himself. It's great stuff. He's Amazing. always in the same mode. Cobra bomb for Ray in Love the it. care home. That's <laughs> so, so good. Yeah. He can't. It, it's yeah. just what it is. Yeah, it's just go. what it is. There we are, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble Mailbag. We're back on Monday with a brand new ramble. And as we said at the top of the show, do get involved in the mailbag um, on X and uh, Instagram at Football Ramble and uh, email us at footballramble.com. Laura Love, have a lovely weekend. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.